He's worthy of praise. This thing is going nuts. Even in the middle of craziness with sound, He's still holy. So uh, tonight, I want you to, and I know we've already went to the Lord in prayer, but um, I don't know, I, I, I just, uh, we need to go to prayer again. Because we don't need to worry about anything else other than who He is. He's holy, and He's worthy. He's worthy of all praise. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for who you are. Lord, and I pray that you forgive us as your church, your people, the body, Lord. Lord, that we not enter your presence flippantly, Lord, out of habit or out of uh, routine, but Lord, let us enter with a spirit of expectation. Lord, that you would move in this place. Forgive me, Lord, for being just worried or tangled up or tied up in anything other than you. I pray that you would anoint us tonight to hear your word, whoever we are, wherever we are, in here or by the internet or over Facebook, Lord. Let us hear, not only hear your word, but Lord, let us be doers of your word. Lord, anoint our ear to hear and our heart to receive. I ask for your anointing to teach and preach your word. Lord, that you would rid me of me and that you would have your way in this place tonight. Lord, that you would move. We give you the glory, honor, and praise in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. If I get somebody to come down, we'll pass these offering plates around. And uh, uh, the kids, y'all go back to the back and do y'all's thing. Stay socially distant if you want to. I'd say our guy, our, our church is ready to get back to church. I, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. Uh, tonight, as uh, you can turn in your word to Second Samuel, um, well, two places, Second Samuel twenty-two, uh, thirty-two through thirty-six, and then we'll be also in Second Corinthians ten, Second Corinthians ten, verses three and four. Uh, but in between those two portions of scriptures, I'll read out the Psalms, and I know you can't hold everywhere. You got five, ten fingers; y'all can hold them all in there and uh, do whatever. But uh, right before I walked in here, I, I just seen a headline on the computer screen, and I just thought, man, this is nuts. CDC now sees that, uh, or says that the virus can't or doesn't spread as easily on hard services as they once thought. Surprise, surprise! Uh, can we just say they're like the weathermen; they have no clue what they're talking about. And uh, we'll just go on and live life and, 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 and do what we, what we do. But uh, anyway, Second uh, Samuel 22, uh, verses 32 through 36. And uh, tonight I want to, to uh, minister about the Lord being our strength. <laughs> uh, is, is, he is our strength, amen? The Lord is my strength. And uh, being your strength, He will teach you. He will teach you. So 2 Samuel 22, verses 32 through 36 says, For who is God, save the Lord? And who is a rock, save our God? God is my strength and power. 
you ought to underline that or you ought to make note of that and remember that, that God is my strength and power and He makes my way perfect. Even if you don't like it, what He desires and has designed and called you to do, and if it's His way, I promise it's perfect. He makes my feet like hinds feet and sets me upon my high places. He teaches my hands to war. And, I, and we need to understand this may not be in the context or con uh, in the way that some people may think. So that a bow of steel was broken in my arms. You have also given me the shield of your salvation and your gentleness has made me great. So in, in Psalm 144 verse 1, uh, you, you read, Blessed be the Lord my strength which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. And then you go on in, in, in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 and 4, says, for, for though we walk in the flesh, and I want to tell you tonight, and if you're watching or will watch, as long as you are alive here on earth, as long as you are breathing, you are walking in the flesh. You are here, that's a part of you. Uh, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. We don't war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. Carnal weapons are not mighty spiritually, but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. They're pulling down of the strongholds. So, God is teaching us, and He desires to teach us, and He'll continue to teach us to uh, war. Are we awake tonight? I know it's raining outside, but listen, I had to get over here just like you did, so it's all right. It was slippery. It was treacherous through that parking lot. Uh, there's, a, there's a raging river flowing across through there, but... Uh, now, but the Lord is teaching you and me to war, not in, not in, I hate, let's go at it, in a way that sometimes we, we may want to war the, listen, I've been there, I told Summer, I said, I feel like fighting, and I'm just going to be honest with you, I just feel like fighting. Anybody ever felt like that? That's just, maybe it's just me. David, come on, I know you're in there with me. Sometimes you just feel, man, I just want to fight. And uh, I'm not saying I will win, but it's just sometimes this is just there, but the Lord, that's not what we're talking about. The Lord is, He will and He desires to teach you to war. And, and, and that's something that we cannot do in our physical, He don't need you uh, to, to, to throw hands. He needs, yeah, throw hands up to Him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But He is desiring to teach you to war, and He will if you ask Him, but it only comes in you being rid of you. The less you become, the more he becomes, and the greater the fight, that the, 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 the fight's already been won, but you will get there, the less you have to do to fight more. Man, it's, this is, it's really good. It's backwards, but it's really good. So here's how we war, and greatly war greatly. Uh, you're a mighty warrior in the Lord through rest. I know, I know it don't make sense because, you know, you see Rocky and Rocky's running through the snow and he's throwing logs and he's swinging axes and, and it's the only dude I know that can outrun a car in the waist-deep snow in Russia. This guy was awesome. But this is not you rest. In what? In the finished 
work of Christ because He did everything for you that you can't do for yourself. He didn't call you nor save you to fight a battle with the enemy because I promise none of us in here are scaring the devil. Everybody, everybody heard anybody say, I'm going to scare the devil out of you? I don't, man, you, you can't scare somebody that bad. <laughs> he ain't scared of us. I mean, I, we're, we're just not that intimidating, I promise. None of us. But when you rest in Christ, you are allowing yourself to remain in the vine and you are allowing the victory that has already, and Terrence did a tremendous uh, 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 video the other night. I encourage you to go back and watch if you haven't. Because you need to understand that victory is past tense. It's already been won for you. Now you walk in it. But we, we, we rest in the victory that has been afforded to us. I don't war. I'm warring in resting. Shammah warred greatly. We'll get to him. Shammah warred greatly by standing. Standing. I'm not running. I'm, yeah, yeah, some people lost their lives. But listen, uh, we're not... We're not so many of us think we've got to do something. A lot of our biggest issues are because we have done something. If we only knew the powers and the principalities and the darkness of the air that are coming against us, if we could see just a glimpse of it, it would scare us to death. It would scare us to death to know just a snippet of what God is keeping from us and keeping you from and protecting you from. Because there you go back to to, to, to being a peculiar people, that periesios, that, that in the, the, the little dot with a circle around it, you are in Christ, He has got you surrounded. It would, scare, it would scare us if we really knew what He's keeping us from. So, warring isn't done by, by you know, how we blowing the shofar and call it a war. That's not warring. It's not... Warring's not stomping the devil's head and, and playing a funky beat on the drums and it's, you, you can dance all you want to dance, but that's not warring. We want to make a battle cry, whatever, that's not warring. <laughs> that sounded like a dying dog. That's the, <laughs> if it's your battle cry, you are in trouble. That is not warring, that's not, but... The, especially the Pentecostal realm of the church has made this like, this is our war cry. Rah, rah, rah. That's not it. That's not it at all. You can come in, paint, you can be a black belt in King James, and you, you can do whatever you want to do, but I promise you're not scaring the devil. He's not afraid of you. It's not. Ashton intimidating as you are he's not but when you remain in Christ he is terrified he is terrified he and all the minions and all the demons of hell are terrified of the Christ that's in you and understand that I have nothing to, to, to measure up to the power that is in the shed blood so warring it, it done by stomping and doing all those things and, and there's nothing physical that we can do to stop the attacks of the enemy. You can't. You just can't do anything. You cannot do it. 
You can put a box over your TV or duct tape your phone. or what. You're not going to stop the attacks by physically doing something. It's just not going to happen. But rest, <coughs> rest in Christ. But God's raising up. God is raising up a remnant. Uh, and, 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 to, and, and why is He raising up the remnant? To, it's to bring in the harvest. I give credit to where it's due. And I heard, heard Brother Larson say this before. The harvest has never nor ever will be the problem. That's not the problem. The problem is that the church is not ready for the harvest. That the church is not equipped to bring the harvest in. Why? Because the laborers are few. I said it Sunday night, and I'm going to say it again. You can get mad at me if you want. If the church is essential, and if that's what you're screaming, where are you at? I've heard for a bunch of weeks now, I can't wait till the doors open and we get to walk into the house of the Lord. Where are you? I'm not just talking about here. I'm talking about all over the place. You can drive a car to Walmart, but you can't drive it out here and sit and worship. If the church is essential, I've got a question. Where are you? You don't have to be, listen, now don't get me wrong. I'm not preaching, got to be in the seat to be saved. I'm saying it's time that we understand who we are, before, but before we understand who we are, we've got to understand whose we are and why we are doing what we're doing. You were not called to fight Roy Cooper as much as I dislike the guy. I told you before out there, I like to wrestle him one time, but that, that's, I'm not threatening you, Roy Cooper, so please don't send the yes. <laughs> but that, I'm not, that's not warring. That's not at all. It's... it's I'm not about, about went off on a tangent, but I'm, I'm going to be good. God is raising up a remnant to bring in, to gather the harvest. The harvest is not the problem. The church wants to point the finger at everybody and everything and, oh, if they would just be like they were in my day. Let me tell you something. Those that are saying that, how did they get here? It didn't happen today. It started happening in your time because you weren't prepared to bring in the harvest either. We read about the days of old. We talk about the days of old. We sing about the days of old. We talk about the sawdust, the arbor brush, the brush arbors, the, the whatever. We talk about all of those things. But I, in reality, today is 2020, and people don't care in all reality. If, a, if, if people think that it's okay and don't care about murdering an unborn child, if people think and, and think that it's okay to, to, to do these things and to, to excuse, to call evil good and good evil, then, then it's a different day. But let me tell you something. The Bible has not changed. Jesus has not changed. It's the people that have hewned out broken cisterns. It's the church that has gotten away from the truth because we've worried so long about offending somebody and we worried so long about somebody liking us and being popular. God never called you to be Mr. or Mrs. America. He called you to be His. He called me to be His. And quite frankly, people just not going to like you sometimes. I'm not out looking for enemies. i got enough of them. But this isn't, my, 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 my war is not against people. The harvest is ready, but the labors are few. The Ephesians 6 and 12 says, For we wrestle not, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Our fight and our battle has been for so... Israel and I was talking about it the other night. For so long against things. Against things, that's all you hear. Don't do, don't do, don't do, don't, don't wear, don't dress, don't look, don't watch, don't hear, don't do this, don't do that. Preach the very thing that will change the things that you don't think is right. And the only thing that's going to change that is Jesus. Come, come listen. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty real. I feel like I'm a pretty blunt and, and, and transparent, but I'm about sick and tired of hearing about preachers preaching against things. Don't, don't smoke, don't drink, don't, don't do this, don't go there, don't go, don't... Give them Jesus and let the Holy Spirit work. My Lord, somebody ought to, you ought to be happy because that's the only, that's what changed your life. The people are people, but our war is not against people. They are not our foe. It's the Spirit's that or the spirit that's lead. There's two spirits in the world. It's the Holy Spirit and the and the evil spirit. It's the, the, the enemy, the devil. Lucifer, the boogeyman, whatever you want to call him. But if you're a Christian, you're 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 more so, or you should be uh, understand about opposition. You should understand opposition. And in fact, some have never had it harder than you've uh, than you've had it the last few years. It's never been this hard in your life. Man, I said yes to Jesus and all hell broke loose. <laughs> Y'all said it's going to be, I thought I was going to say yes to Jesus and be, be living on, man, I said yes to Jesus and this seemed like everything does start going wrong. I'm not here to talk about the bad things, but I'm just going to be real. In fact, some, some have, have experienced some things that you never thought you would experience. You've gone through trials you never thought you would go through. You're seeing things right now. The church is seeing things right now that some had never thought would happen. But let me tell you what, it's happening. It's happening. Why? Because great faith has great testing. James 1 verse 3 says what? Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. I don't want no patience. Well, you go, listen, this is how it works. The trying of your faith works patience. This is why the Lord is seeing, do you really trust me? Do you really trust me? If it's genuine faith, testing serves to develop its persistence. So as you grow in the Lord, you grow in your faith. Faith in what? His finished work. It's that faith, that persistent faith. The Word draws the line in the sand. The Word, in fact, divides right and wrong. The Word cuts. That's why people don't like to hear it. Because when you hear the truth and you read the Word and you understand, I ain't, oh, whoo, man, it's true what it says. In me dwells no good thing. But let me, it holds the standard up for you. So we preach, our sign says it, our card says it, and I thought it was so fitting. Uh, Brother Torrance made a, p a post the other day. Uh, we hear, we preach, and people want to proclaim, we preach the message of the cross, we preach Christ and Him crucified. Live it! <laughs> if that's all you preach,
preach about what you preach. Just live it. Live the truth. Give them Jesus. You ever heard somebody say something so much and you're like, I don't think so. I don't think so. I've told you, man, you know, in my job and what I did and, and as I worked my way through, we would hire people and they would come on and, and you know, I'm a, I'm a carpenter. I can do form work. I can do blah, 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 blah. I've been doing this for 35 years. And, okay, great. That's wonderful. And that rascal comes out there and every single thing he has is brand new. I'm like, you ain't, there ain't no way. <laughs> I mean, you're going to get new stuff, but all new stuff? Nah, 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 nah. Because certain things just feel good when they're wore in. You just don't get it like a hat, man. Until it's just rotted. <laughs> you just don't throw it away. But that's just, this is church. We say the right things. We, we sound right. And we, we have the right verbiage. And we got the right look. But our life stinks. And all we preach about is what we preach about. <laughs> let's preach the truth. Let's live the truth. Well, you should come to our church, James. We preach Christ and become crucified. Don't you know? Live it. Let them see it. Love them. You're not warring against other churches. <laughs> That's not our fight. Let Christ live through you. That's how you live for Him. I better go on before I get in trouble anymore. So, so when truth is presented, and, and if you've been here since August the uh, 4th, 3rd, 4th, 2013, when we were, were officially introduced as pastors, <laughs> we were dubbed the with the sword, and we weren't. It, 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 he cut my ear off, no, he did but uh, it's been over a thousand messages that we preached. But it's been the truth, because it's not, it's not because of us, but it's the Word of God. So, so when you've heard the truth, guess what happens? Your life is measured up against a standard. The standard, the Word of God, and, and through the truth of the Word and the working of the Holy Spirit, things in your personal life are exposed. Your neighbor's garden isn't exposed. Your personal life. This is why the, the gospel is offensive. This is why the cross is offensive, because it lets you know you ain't really that good. <laughs> all of us. All of us screw up. All of us. But it don't mean you don't love the Lord. He's not exposing things to you to hurt you, but to make us more fruitful. Thank God. Thank God. So this is what happens. The vine dresser begins to take away those dead clinging limbs that don't belong to the vine or in the vine. So John 15, 2, you read in John 15, it says, why? To bring forth more fruit. This is why he does this. But this will happen when you rest in Christ. This is teaching us to war. Resting in Christ. Not... I, listen, we went to Raleigh. I, I, I don't make no apologies about it. I'm not, I mean, I, I'm all for our rights and I'll stand up for them. But I'm not going, I'm not, I'm not called, that's not, my, my fight is not with the person. It's not. 
We've got to understand this. As much as I don't like certain things, people, I have to be reminded it's the spirit behind. We only, we only associate that with the name. It's the spirit behind. So when we hear the word, we're exposed for who we are. And so then the line has been drawn and, and many of us know whose side we stand on. But the enemy get, begins to use whatever tactic, wherever and however he can, to get your faith shifted from the finished work of Jesus Christ at Calvary to anything. Any, it don't matter, anything. It makes no difference. But we got to know that people, though as aggravating as people can be, it's a spirit that's driving them. I'm going to be honest, I can't watch press conferences with our government. I just can't do it. Because I just want to, I'm going to be honest, I just want to tear our TV up. I just can't watch them. So I just wait. And I, it's not him. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I just can't do it. So I'm, there's no need to put myself, they're aggravating, but it's the spirit that's driving them. So here's the thing, faith that won't let go of Jesus, faith that will never let go of Jesus, will never point to self. Look what I did. Look at me. <laughs> but rather, it, but rather it will state, the true faith will state, it is the Lord who delivered me. It is the Lord that is my strength. So we keep our faith in Christ and His finished work, and, and you can always, and you always find fault with a messenger. Always. I wouldn't have said it like that. He gets too loud. He yells too much. Sometimes I see spit flight of his method. And that's gross. You move around too much, and sometimes I just don't understand what you do. We can always find fault with the messenger. Because when the message is correct, and I'm not saying, listen, there's many people that preach the correct message and the truth. But when the message is being, the gospel is being preached, we become exposed for who we are, the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And there, when pride is not dealt with, pride will rise up, and we'll begin to pick apart the messenger to incorporate our feelings and make sure that we don't feel so bad about what the, the Holy Spirit's convicting us about. When we be, listen, let me, whoever you may be, including myself, whenever the point, the finger begins to point, you better turn that thing around. Lord, search me. Search me. Search me, Lord. Change me, Lord. So keep our faith anchored there. And, and, and again, you'll find fault with the messenger. But if the gospel's true, there's no fault that the enemy can find with the gospel. So then what he does is begin to use people to tear people down. He does it. And the church ain't exempt. Just think, church is not perfect. And if, if the, <coughs> I mean, they burnt that church down in Mississippi. And they should have learned how to spell hypocrite before they spray painted on the sidewalk, but they spelled it wrong. And it's terrible. Churches, church, church is not different. Church has people in it. And when people walk in the doors, the building is imperfect. We're imperfect. 
But people without Christ don't understand that. And when you hear that, it makes you, ah, you want to say things, but you can't say those things. I always have, and, and, and most Christians believe, and, and, and rightfully so they should, that our salvation was purchased at Calvary. That is true. It is in by through, or through and by Christ that we are saved. And, and, and that's going to be true, and it always will be true. But then, when you're saved, what do you do? Now what? I mean, I got the car. Now what? Now what do I do? First time I ever drove a car in my whole entire life that had push button start. We were in Louisiana, and it was your your what is that Nissan thing you had? The Rogue thing. And and, and I had to go back. I left my Bible or something. What, what I can't remember what it was. Something I had left at the hotel. I had to run back, and and uh, Robert said, "Well, here, just take this thing." And I sat in the parking lot for like I was like, "Where did I put the darn key?" Dear God, this thing's crazy. I mean, we, uh, we got simple stuff, man. Ours is two wires together. Because <laughs> we stole them. No, we didn't steal our rights. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, screwdriver. <laughs> uh, but it's like, that's like, I felt like a new believer. What do I do? What do I do with this? This is terrific. But I can't even get it to start. I had to I called I had to call Robert. Robert. I know you're gonna think I'm an idiot. Well, you probably know I'm an idiot, but I don't know how to start this thing. Oh brother, you just put your foot on the brake and hit the button. Oh yeah, right there where it says push to start. Oh yeah, I got that. I, said, uh, I didn't understand that. But anyway, this is we get saved now. I don't even know why I really told you all that, but y'all already know I'm an idiot anyway, so there you go. But now what do we do? We're saved. Now what? We don't just sit there. You don't just say, hey, I'm saved and, and get yourself a, a I love Jesus shirt. I mean, if you got one, great, but there's more to it. If, if you keep on reading the word, you come into Colossians 2 and, and verse 6, and, and it says, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. My God, somebody, you need to begin to walk. Well, I don't know which way I'm going. He will lead you. His word says that He is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto... He'll lead us where we need to go. And, but you've got to walk in Him. You've got to be rooted and built up and, and walk in Christ. Not just sit there and... I wish things would change. Walk. Move. It says in Him we live and move. Move. It's an action. It's a verb. Move. We live and move and have our being. But for most believers, we, we just, in Him we sit and complain. So the, the same way, and, 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 and I'm, I'm reiterating a lot of what Terrence said, the same way you've heard, it's the same way you came in, it's the same way you stay in. It's in Christ. You grow in that relationship. So on the, man, it's only 10, good Lord, time's fine. So on the, the first day you came to know Christ by accepting Him as Lord and Savior, and then the second day, and every day after that, we're to stay in Christ and walk in Him. Why? Because we can't do it on our own. 
All of a sudden, if you get outside of the will of the, of the Lord and you begin to walk on your own, you're going to be like that lion on Wizard of Oz. Like, put him up. You're going to be all, oh, and ain't nobody scared of you. Then you're going to find yourself and you're in a big heap of mess. And, oh, man, what's going on? Listen, rest in Christ. Philippians 1, 6. You, you, you rest in Christ and then you go on and you begin to quote, being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So when you begin to walk in Christ, you understood, Lord, I don't really understand what's going on right now, but I know it's a good thing, and I know if you began a good work in me, you're going to keep doing the good work in me until you come take me home. So it's by the cross we're saved. It's, it's by the cross that we're transformed, not conformed. It's by, by uh, our continual faith in that finished work that, at Calvary's cross. So, so now that you've heard and you've accepted and you've received the truth, it's, it's for some of us, uh, we've said this before, like we've been born again, again. Man. You know when you go to the mountains and you jump in the water the first time? And you're like, Whoa! <laughs> And then you go and you jump in the mountains like the, in the cold water the, the third, 35th time. You're like, whoa! And then you go back three years later and it's the 782nd time and you're still like, whoa! It's refreshing. This is how your relationship is to be with every single morning. His mercies are new. See, it's us who allow them to become stale. It's us who lives off of yesterday's bread and yesterday's blessing. And three years ago, I got, I had a good feeling you should have been there, brother. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, it can happen tonight, right here, 2020. Right today, it can happen the same, but better. Why? Because that's what He desires for us. So he's reviving us. He's equipping us with what we need. But why the testing? It ain't all necessary. Yeah, it is. Really, Lord, is this necessary? Why? Back to James 1 and 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. I don't want to be patient. You're just going to have to. You have to learn. I've had to learn. We've had to learn. I mean, I know when I was not a pastor, I would think, boy, if I was a pastor, I wouldn't do it like that. Then I became a pastor. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, now I know. Patience in, in, in what? Patience in Christ and His finished work, allowing Him to work. Even when we don't see it, He's working. We sing about it, but do we believe it? His will and His time are together. They work together. So our faith will be tested to prove it pure. Faith come by hearing and hearing by what? The Word of God. Hearing by the Word of God. So you can quote all you want. You can read all you want. You can shout all you want. You can sing and pray all you want. But that doesn't necessarily produce faith. Hebrews 12 and 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the... 
he, he enjoyed, endured the cross, despising the shame. Now it's finished. He sat down at the right hand of the Father. So if there's a problem, I don't need to be looking at the problem. I don't mean to be looking to Beth to figure it out. I need to look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. So He, the Holy Spirit, has begun, when we look to Him, He's begun to enlighten the eyes of our understanding and He gives you faith to believe it. Without Him, you couldn't love Him. He's the author. He puts it into motion. And He's the finisher. He's the finisher. In construction... And Ashton, you know a lot about this as well, but in, in the concrete and the laying process, you can tell who works construction. They don't call it cement trucks, do they? <laughs> does, that, does that get on your nerves too? When are we pouring cement, brother? <laughs> We're not. We're pouring concrete. Don't ask that again. But anyway, uh, that's just a, a construction thing. Uh, but they, they come out and they, they, the, the truck's back in and the, the, the laborers or the placing, placement crew, they'll come in and they'll place it. But then the finishing crew comes in. And they knock all the ridges down, the humps down, and they stay until that rascal is done. Whatever finish the, 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 the customer desires. So there's a, there's a process, and, and the finishers come in, and they make it look good. It's the same product that looked like garbage coming out of the truck. They had all the lumps and humps, and they poured too much here and not enough there. The same junk that, that was laying there that people was complaining about that's wet and it's hot and it's heavy. And it's now all of a sudden, man, this looks good. It takes time. It takes time. So he don't just save you and let you take it from there. He's with you every step of Praise God he's with us every step of the way. He didn't just save us and say, okay, now you're good to go, Hope. Good luck. Call me if you need me. I'll talk to you in three seconds. My responsibility and, and, and yours too is to hold fast to our faith in Christ, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So, so you can have all the tools in the world, but if you don't know how to use them, you just got tools. You just got tools. Ashton couldn't believe that I cut these things by, by hand, freehand. I did. But I have tools and I know how to use them. I got tools and I know how to use them. <laughs> oh, Lord. But why? Because through it, this is, this is the same way. I'm not, I'm not talking about my relationship with the Lord as my relationship with a circular saw, but I know how to use a saw. I've used it a lot. But when, when we understand that He is all I need, He don't need my, me, he, all He needs me to do is show up to the shop and He'll do the rest. So with your faith in Christ you, and, and always looking to Him and remaining there, He will teach us how to use what He's giving you. He'll, he desires to bless us and give us things and, and gifts. 
There's never been a better day than, than when the, the day that that light came on and you're like, oh, I got it. That, that, that day that enlightening moment happened and, and we understand it's finished work. But on the flip side, you'll face the greatest opposition you've ever faced in your life. But hold on, God is teaching you how to war. Sorry if I go just a couple minutes over. So if you allow Him to teach you and, and use you, those things that come against you will not overtake you. Romans 6 and 14 says that sin shall not, sin's there, but sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Because I've learned to war in the Lord by resting in His finished work. It's there, but it ain't ruling me no more. It's the things are there, the temptations are there, but they're not ruling me anymore. So you go back to 2 Corinthians 10 and 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. It's not me counting from 10 down backward to try not to get mad. It's not me saying how many, how many, or, or kumbaya, or going running, or doing push-ups to not think about something. It's saying, Lord, I can't. But you can't, and I need your help desperately. Those things that once had you bound, they are or will be no more. Why? Because you realized, again, Romans 6 and 14, that sin shall not have dominion. Sin shall not have dominion. There's a lot of believers need to hear this. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Does not mean you're sinless. Does not mean you're perfect. It does not mean that at all. We don't teach that, nor do we believe that, nor does God's word teach that. You'll face opposition from you name it. It don't matter. Family, friends, co-workers, government, church people. You might feel like you've hit the bottom of the pile or, or the bottom of the hole or whatever. And you might want to even give up and go back because the opposition seems too great. But I want to tell you, don't give up because what God has started in you, He has promised that He will finish it. He will finish it. He will finish it when He comes or returns. So don't back down, but dig your feet in and you fight. How? By resting in Christ. Shammah stood his ground, defended the pea patch. We don't have time to go there. But he said, you know what? No, not no more. Mm -mm. You ain't coming in here taking what we've worked so hard for. Ain't going to happen no more. It ain't, I'm tired of it. You ain't taking what the Lord has established. You're not going to destroy my family. You're not going to destroy this church. You're not going to steal my joy. I'm not going to live in fear. To you, it might look like I'm all alone, but I stand in Christ, and in Him I have all that I'll ever need. I have a host of heavenly angels surrounding me. What I see is something different than you because my eyes are a little bit more enlightened. Because I understand that I'm in Christ. And as long as I'm in Him, everything's going to be alright. Sometimes you just got to stand and fight the good fight of faith. That's the only fight we are to fight. God has placed you here. Here. If you're watching, God has ordained this moment for you 
You might not physically be here at 6636 Pine Ridge Drive, but you're watching through Facebook or, or on our, our, our uh, whatever that thing's called, Christian World Media. But there's an army rising up. There's an army rising up who've understood the importance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to get back really quickly, briefly, moment, uh, momentarily for about the essential church. And when I say the, ch the church is essential, I said Sunday night I'm sick and tired of hearing the church is essential. Not because it's not. The church is essential. But the essential part of church is not your padded chair or the climate-controlled rooms. The essential part of church is Jesus Christ and Him crucified, the gospel. That's the essential part that we need to be preaching anywhere, anytime, and anyhow. So there, I'm off of that. But just as in man's army, sometimes you've got to be broken down to nothing before you can be trained to war. Because you've got to be rid of you. So he'll show you the things that are wrong with us, with you or whoever, and we've got to be crucified with Christ. Uh, when we accept Christ, we are crucified with Christ. You have to let that old man die so that you can begin to live the resurrected life and walk in humility so you can operate in his power. So I want to tell you this tonight. If you think you're ready, you're not. I know that don't make no sense, but if you think I'm ready, you're not. It's when you come to the place that you say, Lord, I can't do this. There's no way. Lord, I'm not qualified. I'm not gifted enough. I'm nervous. I make a moron out of myself every time I get up here. Lord, I can't do this. Lord, if you see fit to let me do it one more time, I'm asking you will. It's when you surrender your life, surrender yourself, and you say, Lord, here I am, send me. James, if you could uh, come up here and just play something soft, be just fine. Then you're totally dependent on him, and you're dependent upon his grace, and you stop seeing the problems in other people's lives, and stop seeing their faults, and you say, Lord, Reveal who I am to me. Teach me to war. Lord, you are my strength. You are my source. And Lord, break me of me. It's when you're crushed and you're at the end of the rope and you know that you have nothing left. You'll ask him to teach you. But know this, that as a Jehaziel said, he said under the anointing, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. There are some of us who have tried to war or think we're warring for Christ or whatever. Some of us have maybe watched the, the old movie, The War Room. You went home, cleaned your closet out, and made you a war room. Can I tell you, there's nothing wrong with having a place that you pray, and, and I understand the whole gist of it. But I want to tell you, it's when you come to the place where you say, Lord, I can't, but you can. Teach me, Lord. Teach me to war. Prepare my hands, my fingers to fight. The Lord is your strength. 
But the question is, will you allow him to be? Uh, I want you to stand tonight. If you feel comfortable, if you want to make yourself an altar or come to here, it's fine. But I believe that we're, we're, we're in some serious times where we need to understand the importance of allowing him to just have his way in our lives. So just seek the Lord, seek his face for just a few moments while uh, James plays. And ask him to teach you to war tonight. Many of these times are uh, fearful because they're uncertain. Every day is uncertain. But for me, these are exciting times. We're getting closer to going home. <laughs> it's exciting times for me. But continue to pray, lift one another up, encourage one another need anything, call us, but uh, we're going to keep on keeping on, because we understand that the harvest isn't the problem, 
I think I said a few months ago, I, I don't want a sickle, Lord. Make me a combine. <laughs> I want to oh, just bring them in. But we love you guys. Um, Friday morning, if you feel 